Howdy. How are y'all doing? Uh, I'm Darren Foster. Uh, Andy, as y'all may know, is down in Florida for another. He'll he'll be back next week. He's coming home Saturday. Um, just FYI, I, last time, however long that's been, last time when I was up here, Andy and I, we, we worked together on Monday. So on Monday, uh, we went and watched me. Uh, and we kind of sat there and critiqued back and forth. And much to my dismay, you know how you don't like your voice when you hear it on the an answer machine or a recording or something. Uh, I really didn't like seeing myself on video. And I also noticed that I, I talk and then I tend to take a pause. And I'm sitting there watching that video and I'm like, well, I'm talking. And then I take a pause. I'm like, why do, why do I do that? I was like, that's, that's dumb. And so I started telling, I was like, I must have been nervous or something, so I talked to my wife, and she's like, oh yeah, you do that, and you do that all the time. So then, you know, I went to work, and I was like, well, I was like, this is what I did, and, and they're like, yeah, like, a lot of times, we don't know if you just stop talking, or if you're going to, like, start again. Um, so I don't know why I do that. I don't know, just maybe my... I don't have enough RAM or whatever. I'm not a computer person, but <clears throat> maybe I'm slow up there. I don't know. So anyway, I'm, I can tell I'm already talking and pausing. I'm intentionally going to try not to talk and pause. I'm not conscious of it. So anyway, if I just kind of have a blank stare, uh, just know that it's just who I am, I guess. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're in John 4. Uh, it's the woman at the well where Jesus talks to the woman at the well. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Is that working? Maybe it's working. Maybe it's not working. Hey. So uh, I'll go ahead and lead us in prayer here. Dear Father, just thanks for who you are. Just thanks for loving us. And thanks for continuing to show who you are to us. Just thanks for Keith as he led us this morning. Just thanks as he leads us uh, and leads this church. Um, just thanks for who he is. And then just be with us. Just help um, open your word to your truth. And just help us know who you are better. In your name I pray. Amen. So John 4. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judah and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you will have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, 
Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have five husbands, and the man that you, are, that you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim it is the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were supposed to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town, and she said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. So if you've kind of been around long enough, you know that now's the time that, uh, unlike Andy, I will probably be much quieter. Uh, but this is where you, truths you see about God, uh, you can shout them out. I'll do my best to hear you. Yeah, my wife started listening to um, Keller, Tim Keller, and in there he always says Jesus is the better, like Jesus is the better. We always kind of joke, you know, she, she was shocked, uh, she was going through Genesis and like Jesus is the better, Abraham all these things and then we're sitting with Andy one day and Andy threw out like a object like a not a person but an object like Jesus is the better tabernacle um, and that blew my wife's brain but we've joked she's talked about getting tattoos like Jesus is better so 
going to be like a whole sleeve or a whole back or something. And I'm not prepared for that, just to tell you. <clears throat> I'm fine with, she's got some tattoos and stuff, but I don't know. I mean, maybe y'all like, may I should quit talking. All right, Jesus is better. Something else? Andy would talk a lot about that, but I think, did everybody hear that? Like, oh, well, you should have a mic. <clears throat> she basically said Jesus is the only one that saves. Um, like there in the end, uh, you know, like the Samaritans weren't saved until they had a uh, interaction with Jesus. Is that a fair summary? Yeah. Something else? Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. I really don't think we know how bad our hearts really are. Um, we don't really realize just the black sin and the the dirt and just the carnage that just lives in our heart like and I think for years like you know the the church answer yeah I know I'm a sinner but I'm still a good person um but like no my heart is black like the only thing that's good in me is because Christ lives in me um you know left left on my own you know, I'm an evil, black-hearted person. I need Christ inside of me, changing me, um, you know, making me into a new creation. Um, so, yeah, I, it's a good one. Something else? Jesus can use anyone. And uh, I'm sorry, I don't know where you are. There you are. Uh, you say that because... Yeah, so she's saying that God was able to use the woman at the well and nobody else would have anything to do with her. The... You know, she was, you know, this is, again, this is where Andy would, he would be circling stuff and whatnot. Um, somewhere here it says they were there at noon. There it is. Uh, it was about noon. Oh, my. There, about noon. So noon, uh, normally, you know, they would be drawing their water either, you know, at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day when it's cooler. Um, they wouldn't be there at noon um, during the heat of the day. Um, you know, so here this, this lady, she's been married a lot, lots of husbands. Like, she's got her issues. Um, you know, she's intentionally there at noon when nobody else is going to be there. Like, she's intentionally trying to stay away from the crowd. Um, you know, so she's... She's not the most popular lady. She's probably, you know, the lady that, you know, when she walks around, everybody points and looks at and kind of talks under their breath about. You know, she's just not... Um, she didn't win Miss USA or Miss uh, Samaria or whatever. You know, she's... 
she's the black sheep. But Jesus can use anyone. Which, you know, that's good news for pretty much all of us. Um, you know, as I was saying earlier, my poor heart's pretty black. Um, you know, that God can still use me. And you can, you can mess your life up. Um, you can do the worst possible imaginable thing and God can still use that and turn that around and use that for his glory, which is, which is great news. It's great news for all of us. Um, you know, we've all messed up. We've all done stuff that we wish we didn't do. Um, you know, when, when we come to this point of, like, confession, like, realizing what we've done, repentance, um, you know, you can repent from that, confess that, and then God can use that. Um, and then it just becomes part of your story. I mean, you see that with Paul, Saul, Paul. Um, you know, you see that even with David in the Old Testament. You see it with, you know, we talked about Joseph here. I mean, all, all these spiritual greats, if you really look at their story, They've all messed up really, really bad. Just God was able to still use them in spite of who they were. Which we're all in that category. This, you know, years ago I used to always think <clears throat> about the two different categories of people. You know, there was the saved and the unsaved. Um, and in my head, that was good and bad. There were good people and bad people. Um, in reality, I think those categories are wrong because um, we're all bad. There aren't good people. Like, we're all bad, so... People, like, we're all bad. So the, the, the two categories are those that realize they're bad and those that don't realize they're bad. The ones that realize they're bad... and and then look to Jesus. And then there's those that, basically like the Pharisees, they think they're good, but they're still bad. So then you have like the non-Pharisees, like the, the actual Christians in the Bible. They realize they're bad. The, the woman at the well, she realizes she's bad, but then she looks to Jesus. I hope that made sense. Um, something else? Two people were talking. You got to be kidding. I mean, are y'all working together on this kind of stuff? So, I think the problem with both of you talking, I heard barely one of you. But Jesus comes for everybody? Yeah. What do you say? Gender, background. That, that's background. Race. Yeah, so like Jesus, like the two places he was going, I think most, most of the good Jews would go around. Uh, they wouldn't even go through the whole country. They would take extra time to go around so they didn't have to associate with any of these Samaritans. Um, you know, Jesus took the straight line. Um, I, you know, so he, he intentionally was going to go and associate with these 
you know, dirty old people. Um, what I kind of thought was interesting, like, like, in my head, he knows he's going to go talk to this lady, right? Like, but he goes, he, he's like sitting at the well. It's kind of like, hey, I got an appointment with this lady. Uh, I'm actually going to go and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to wait for her to kind of show up. It's kind of like, you know, he knew what he was doing. Um, but he was, in, he was intentionally breaking like the social norm. If, if that's, yeah. Um, yeah, later, later I, I kind of want to do like application after some of this. Um, it's something we used to do at our house all the time. So Jake and Eva, you're going to have to step up. Um, but we'll go through these truths here and get a few and go to application, like what it means for us. We'll, we'll do that here in a minute. Does it, somebody have something else here about, about? Yeah, um, he said, he basically said that's his food, right? Doing his father's will. Uh, leave it alone. 30 who? Yeah, my food, Jesus said, is the will of him to do who sent me and to finish his work. So... Yeah, like the very sustenance, sustenance uh, that feeds Jesus is actually like doing his Father's will. Um, but yeah, Jesus is, we'll say, only about doing his Father's. Well, yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah, and to me, like, that's why prayer matters. Like, like if Jesus always had his, if God always had his mind made up, like, would we pray? You know, I, and I know, like, in the mystery of God, like, God knows what's going to happen. Like, you know, God knows what's happening tomorrow. But God also knows that today I pray about something, and since I prayed about it, you know, like, and, I, and that gets way too confusing for me to talk about, especially from up here. <laughs> uh, so talk amongst yourselves this week about that. That's y'all's homework. Um, and then once y'all figured all that out, let me know. That'd be great. Um, but just a. Uh, I did it again. Uh, just to, kind of what you said, like Jesus does react to us. Like all that is taken in the huge nature knowledge of everything of, of what God is. God is able to take us into account into all of that. And I don't know how all that works, but somehow it works. Anything else? 
Yeah, it talks about, you know, there's the sowers and the reapers. Uh, you know, sometimes you get to reap. Somebody else did all the hard stuff. They did all the plowing and planting and whatever, watering and all that stuff. Um, and sometimes we, <clears throat> sometimes you get to just be like, hey, Eric, you want to follow Jesus? And he might be like, yep, sure do. <laughs> cool. You don't know that for 10 years this poor lady prayed for this person every day of their life um, and maybe she never, she just, she wasn't the reaper, you know? Um, Yeah, I always get them confused. It's Elijah or Elijah. One of one of them prophesied for a long time with no converts, um, like a long, long time. But and I've like that would be really depressing, you know, to sit there and work and work and work and work and never see any spiritual fruit. Um, something there in Ephesians that talks about the the heavenly realms, like the spiritual realms. Uh, I just think a lot of times here in in this world we don't we don't necessarily see what's going on spiritually in the spiritual realms, like stuff we're doing, stuff that's happening. You know, it talks about the angels are rejoicing and the and you know there's huge celebrations. Um, we may not see that. We may not recognize it would probably be the better word um but like small spiritual victories for us could be huge celebrations in heaven um you know just because we don't see the spiritual results here like as the sower doesn't mean that we stop sowing or that we don't need to be sowing like throw the seed you know somebody have another one burning i don't what i don't even know what time it is is it eleven eighteen? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you see that like Jesus does tell this lady, like, yeah, you're right. You got five husbands, and the one you're with isn't the one you're not married to. Um, like, he doesn't he doesn't minimize sin. Like, and you see, you see that, you know, basically with the cross, with crucifixion. Like, Jesus deals with sin. Like, he dealt with it. He died for it. Like. Um, it's not like he just sweeps sin under the rug and says, ah, let's just pretend that didn't happen. No, he dealt with it. Like enough to, he died. Um, so you, you'd never see Jesus sweeping sin under the rug. Um, but you also, you also see that he doesn't sweep people under the rug. He doesn't sweep the person under the rug with the sin. Like he deals with the sin and he loves the person. And he does that perfectly. Um, you know, I just think a lot of times when we, you know, if I'll pick on Eric because he's wearing camo pants <clears throat> and he's the youth minister, you got to pick on the youth minister, right? But if he if he does some crazy sin like drinks Mountain Dew, like what if 
What if you're like, hey, he drank Mountain Dew. I, I can't be around somebody that drinks Mountain Dew. I'm never going to be around that person. Uh, and then you just, you just pretend like you're never going to deal with him again. You're never going to see him again. Like let's just let's just pretend like let's just pretend that that Mountain Dew never happened. And you know, while we sweep that Mountain Dew under the rug, we're just going to sweep Eric under the rug too. Like that's not what Jesus does. Like he's like. Like he goes and he take he takes the Mountain Dew out of Eric's hand, and I'm I used to drink Mountain Dew. I love Mountain Dew, but he he's like, hey Eric, we got to deal with this Mountain Dew can. Like we got to deal with that. But at the same time, he puts his arm around Eric and he's like, Eric, I'm never sweeping you under that rug. Like we'll deal with this Mountain Dew can while I'm loving you. Um, you know that's that's what that's what Jesus did. Um, and I, you know, I, that kind of I think gets us to part of application. So if if we with can can y'all read some of these with with what we've said about these truths about God? What does it mean? Is how does that apply to our life? Like how is God speaking to us now? about who he is, who we should be, and who we should be as a church. Um, If Jesus is greater, we shouldn't for less. Say more about that. You knew that was coming. Yeah, and I think, I mean, if you just use this story with the, with the woman, I mean, what is she trying to fill her life with? I mean, it seems to be men or husbands. Like, like there is a void in her heart, and she's trying to fill it. She's been filling it with the wrong thing. Like, luckily, Jesus had an appointment with her, and Jesus introduced himself to her, and then she, I think, realized, hey, Jesus is the thing that's been missing in my heart. And so many times I feel like that's what, you know, what, what Jake is saying there. Like, we try to fill, fill this emptiness with so many different things that aren't Jesus. Um... And and y'all y'all know the list of things that we can try to do. Like some of it can be good things, some of them bad things, but they're all bad things because it's not Jesus. You know, like you could try to pursue your career and do the best that you can do in your career, and worldly speaking, that is good. You could be very successful. You can buy a car and you can live in life. But if if you're career is what's filling your heart and not Jesus like if Jesus isn't fulfilling that empty spot you know Jesus has to be number one that was good Uh, another application 
I love it. So I think I've, I've wrestled with this, how to say this out loud, like for a couple weeks, and I don't know how to do it well. Uh, well, uh, get it. Um, I think there's a you know there's a statistic. The longer you're a Christian, the less Christian, the the less lost people that you know. Um, and and you see Jesus. Jesus did have his disciples. He had his inner circle. He did a lot of stuff with them. But Jesus was also out in the world, like. He rubbed elbows with Samaritans. He rubbed elbows with the tax collectors. Um, he was out in the world getting dirty. Uh, I think a lot of times, you know, as we're Christians longer, we start in our, me in my head, you know, we're up here and, and the lost are kind of down here. And it's kind of like, well, I'll, you know, every now and then I'll kind of come and dip my toe over here and I'll kind of do something that's kind of, you know, where I'll associate with some lost people a little bit. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go to a Titan game and, you know, they're all sorts of, depravity happen at a Titan game. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. But you know what I'm saying? Like Christians a lot of times only want to associate with other Christians. And they don't ever want to go to the well to meet somebody that might be at the well. And I just think that's Bad. How how can we be the salt of the world when we stay in our box? Uh, we've been doing a lot of uh, homemade ice cream, uh, and y'all know you you put it in the churn, you do all the stuff, you put the ice in there, and then you get the ice cream salt, and you pour in the ice, and it lowers the freezing temperature. You get ice cream. If I leave that box just on top of the ice cream maker or there on the shelf, um, that ice cream's never going to become ice cream. It's just going to probably be like cold milk, cold cream. You, the, the church, if you, if you think about the, the building being the box of salt, we've got to get out of the building. We... And we do that Monday through Saturday. Like, we're out in the world. Something that, something that struck me with this is Jesus, Jesus changed an ordinary conversation into a spiritual life conversation about himself. You know, so he turned, hey, just give me a drink into I am the living water. And just throughout, I talked to a lot of people throughout the week. And some conversations, you can turn spiritual really quick. Um, and I think it would be Christ-like to instead of just talking about the weather, instead of just talking about sports, instead of just talking about 
what you did for fireworks, like turn some of those into spiritual spiritual conversations. Like, hey, what are what are you doing with Jesus? And I and I've had the in a way I have a luxury of being able to spend a lot of time with Andy. And I've got to see him in action since he's not here. I can talk about him. But he will people will come in with the craziest things and we'll sit there and we'll listen to them and they're like you don't know what that person did and you don't know what that person did and you don't know what that person did and that's that's why I did all this stuff and Andy just as cold as uh, cold's not the right word just as blunt blunt just as blunt as he can be he's like tell me where you're at with Jesus and that changes that whole conversation. And my wife and I get in an argument. She always wants to make sure everybody's happy and and you know, everybody's okay and like we don't ruffle too many feathers and stuff. And it just blows her mind. I come home and I'm like, yeah, Andy just flat out asked this guy, like, hey, what's your life with Jesus like right now? And... I mean, people respond, and it's amazing how many people respond like two or three days later, hey, thank you so much for asking me that question. Um, Because like we talked about, like if Jesus is greater, Jesus is the best thing for those people. The best thing you can do, the most loving thing you can do for those people is to talk to them about who Jesus is. And that's what this woman at the well does she sees that this, through all the conversation, she sees, hey, this is the Messiah. So what does she have to do? She has to go tell her town. All the, all the shame that she felt, she's at the well at noon because she doesn't want to run into people. And suddenly, after meeting Jesus, he's able to take that shame, that guilt, all of that off of her because she realizes Jesus accepts her. And once she's accepted by Jesus, it doesn't matter what the other people think about her. So all that shame is gone. So now with, with no shame, she can go back and talk to these people and be like, hey, the guy that told me everything about me, you need him too which is what we should be doing. Like, if all we do is come here and sit and listen and just become smarter individuals, but we never, Monday through Saturday, never go out, if we never get out of our salt box and actually talk to people and be the salt of the world and give them what's greater than everything else, like, we're failing. We're not doing what we should be doing. We should be out there having conversations, making them spiritual, talking less about football, less about baseball, less about fingernail polish, whatever. Whatever girls talk about. Probably fingernail polish. And turning those conversations into, hey, what's God doing in your life? Uh, Lou, he sits up here y'all I feel like y'all three kind of fight over the front seat sort of but uh you know Lou the Enneagram stuff like Lou's an eight if you're into Enneagram like Lou's the bulldozer he'll fight you just to fight you know uh and then worry about why you're fighting later but I mean Lou's another guy that he's just like so he, he's doing football, football teams. He's doing a lot of sports stuff. But he's coaching. So like at the end, at the end of their games, here in these public sporting events, he's sitting there telling these 8, 10, 12-year-olds, hey, Jesus is the reason that we're here today. It's not about football. It's about Jesus. Dads, y'all sitting around, it's, it's about Jesus. It's not about football. 
like if you can turn little kid football into Jesus, I mean, you should be able to do it with anything, you know? Like, Jesus is, Jesus is the answer. All right, I'll quit rambling. What's another application? Yeah, I do think like you sh- you should have purpose. And that, that's something I wrestled with several years ago. Like, what what was my purpose? Like, really? And uh, Nelson is a. Uh, I don't know the right word. <laughs> Someone I've looked up to for some odd reason. I don't know why. But we've gone on several trips together. And often we've, we've gone and done dental work. And when, when, you, when somebody's hurting and they're in pain and you remove the pain, like... I feel like we leave these mission trips and we're like, I had a purpose. I removed pain from this person. And and the question is always like, what kind of eternal impact did does that really have? Question I ask myself. I know Nelson's asked the same question. Um, this this last trip. The trip Andy and I went to Peru on. Um, another another thing, I, I don't, like I've loved mission trips, especially with Nelson. We've always had lots of fun. Uh, and Tasha, uh, Tasha's there somewhere. Ta- Tasha's been on a lot of them. Um, Les and Debbie Neely always went on them too. So I've done a lot of mission trips, but uh, this last trip we were on, so I did dental. I did dental one day. And normally on these trips, you know, you never know what's going to go on on these trips, um, except when you're a dentist. You know that you're going to pull teeth. Um, so anyway, this trip, you know, I didn't, I've never been to Peru. Uh, Faith and Miguel, they came to the office one day. I didn't really know them. They were talking a lot and you're just kind of like, eh, I don't know if you really know what you're talking about or not. So I'm like, we'll go to Peru, we'll kind of see what's going on. And just to make it easy on me, I was like, I'll do some, I'll do some cleanings on some people, um, and I'll clean teeth for a day. And they're like, oh, that's awesome, you can clean this soccer team. So I'm, I'm sitting there, literally, literally as uh, you're over this person, like sweat is dripping off my nose onto these people. And, he, and these kind of, the young guys that are kind of aware, like they see the drip coming and they like duck out of the way. Uh, and it's kind of gross when you actually think about it. But I, I stood there for, uh, I think five or six hours cleaning teeth. And y'all all know, if, if you go get your teeth cleaned, it feels great that day, you know, and then you eat an Oreo and your teeth feel slimy, junky again. These poor kids, they got their teeth cleaned once when they were however old they were that day I was there. They're probably not going to see another dentist for a really, really long time. So while I'm standing there for five hours, literally sweating on these poor little people, I'm like, what, what eternal impact am I having on these people? 
Like, if, if I'm only there to clean their teeth, it's a waste. It's literally a waste. Like, if, so if my purpose for going on a trip is to clean teeth, it's a waste. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of vacation. It's a complete waste. There has to be a bigger purpose. Um, and that's what I liked about this trip was we got to spend time teaching these other leaders that we're going to go out. Like we, we taught them this same thing and they can sit there and they, and boy, you should see some of these people. They, I mean, like they get it. Like they're, they're, they're doing it. And I told Miguel, I'm like, you need to teach us how to do this. Like, we don't get it. You get it. You're doing it. And he, he just kind of laughed, but I'm like, no, you get it. And just to kind of tidy that up a little bit, doing those cleanings in the local church with those leaders, it does help the bigger picture. It's not just about that cleaning in that village where we get in the little boat and go out where the asphalt doesn't exist anymore. Um, you know, that's giving, that's loving those people. That's giving them a cup of water. That is something bigger. But if it's just a, We have to have purpose with our life. If all, if all you're doing is doing cleanings, like you're missing it. Your purpose isn't big enough. You need a bigger purpose. And I'll challenge you, your, your purpose is Jesus. Find out how to make your purpose about Jesus. That's what matters. That's something that's eternal. That's something that will live longer than all of us. I don't know where all that came from. See, oh, what time is it? Oh, it's time to be done, Keith. Uh, I'll say a little prayer. Uh, I'm assuming Eric and Adam, and they're going to be down up front up here if you want to come talk to them, pray with them. Keith's going to lead us in a fabulous song. I'll say a little prayer, and I really appreciate all y'all talking this morning. Dear Father, just thanks for today. Just thanks for teaching us about you. Uh, just be with us throughout this week. Just help us intentionally go out and have purpose and just give others you because we know that you are better than anything anything else that they have in their life that you are what's most important and you are eternal and you are our father and you will deal with our sin and our life but you will never cast us out you will constantly love us and just thank you for that just thanks for just continuing to love us even though that we are not deserving of it just thanks for your grace and your mercy in your name we pray. Amen.